0: Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry.
1: Hello welcome to Real Health me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. Folks, we could all do a bit of therapy right now. Even though we are stuck at home, we still seem to be time poor. So how about some five-minute therapy to help us cope with the stresses and strains of life at the moment? This week's guest, psychotherapist Sarah Crosby, a.k.a. The Mind Geek, is an Instagram sensation with her daily bite-sized snippets of mindfulness wisdom, and her new book Five Minute Therapy is out now. Sarah Crosby, welcome to Real Health. How's it going?
0: Thanks very much for having me today, Carl. Things are, are going well. Yeah, they're going well.
1: That's oh, great to have you on. So I have to. I'm fascinated by the Instagram sensation bit, and I'm sure you hate being described <laughs> as that, but there's no other words to describe it. Your account, and even looking at your account with the, the way you put things, the snippets—they're very simple. They're very usable. People really react to it.
0: Yeah, I um, it was it was definitely unprecedented. The, well, the volume of people that are that are over there on that page now. I I, I guess I began it because I was uh, in the middle of my master's uh, studying uh, to be a psychotherapist, and I felt like I had all of this information at my fingers. That you know, had I had this at a at a previous time in my life, I, I would have felt less alone. I, I would have felt like I had well, just more of an understanding of what it was I was actually going through. So part of it was that you know uh, wanting to put out information that was easy to digest that was um wasn't overwhelming um but didn't patronize it didn't take away from the message at the core so I tried to do that and it seems to have have landed with people and, and become what what it has
1: let's chat about psychotherapy and why you got into it uh, you mm. mentioned it there yourself so I'm intrigued I'm intrigued to find out more
0: yeah, well, uh, I, how far back do I go? I guess I... Go
1: as far. We have all the time in the world. Go as far well, as you Yes. Yeah, want.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> should have a shades <laughs> around here now. Well oh, God. <laughs> so, um, I, yeah, I guess I... Originally, I went to college and I, I was studying archaeology and geography. So very, very different. Um, and it was during that period of time that I became very uh, interested in, in fitness and nutrition. And alongside studying um, archaeology, i I studied to become a personal trainer. And I think I, I was studying it more for my for my own benefit, to have more of an understanding of um, of health and and physical health, but my relationship with with body image and food uh, was rather fraught and it became um, uh, well disordered, I'd say. So uh, it took some time for me to to address that and to get into a healthy well place with with body image and food again but I guess that's what led me into therapy originally so uh, I was I was in university studied became a personal trainer I remember being over in Portugal I was doing some work experience over there Um, and and we were going on these long hikes every day and uh, I was walking with people and th- the funny thing was they, they wanted to go well, back in the gym in in the complex we were staying in. They wanted to work out for maybe five, 10 minutes. And then the rest of the session would be sort of speaking to me about everything that was going on in their lives. And we'd go on these hikes and you'd be with people every day and be talking about uh, some really difficult things that they'd be uh, experiencing. And I didn't have the capacity to to know how to respond, to know how to deal with that, to be able to separate, you know, how I'm feeling from from what it is that they're going through. But I knew that it was something that really, uh, well, intrigued me, and and something that I wanted to pursue. So uh, I, I guess it, it was sort of twofold: my own experience with with uh, body image and fitness, and then uh, that experience over in Portugal sort of led me to to therapy and. Uh, my own experience within therapy then uh, gave me the courage to to go back for another four years and um, and to become a clinician. So, mm.
1: okay, and s- explain psychotherapy to people then. So, as a as a phrase, is is it a particular type of therapy? Is there a particular uh, strategy of therapy? Or mm. hey, you know, what does it what does it mean?
0: Well, there's so many different types. So the the uh, type of a therapist that I am is what we call humanistic integrative, which is a lot of jargon. But basically, it means that whatever client is coming to see me, uh, my approach will be different, because every person is different. And it's about respecting that. So there's, there's many different branches. So there's, you know, CBT, um, existential psychotherapy, uh dbt there's there's a lot of um of bts so it just depends there's uh, many different approaches
1: okay and i think that's important for people listening in in terms of we are all different and Mm -hmm. we are you know we all need different ways to get the best out of ourselves and it isn't a one a one step if it's all approach
0: yeah yeah absolutely and i know the first time i reached out when i when i knew i wanted to received mental health support from a professional uh, my first experience wasn't uh, a good one so I think it is about you know keeping that in mind not um tarring uh, or marring let's say uh, mental health uh, with with the brush of one experience so um just because I've had a bad experience here it doesn't mean that my next experience is going to be bad in fact it could be a good one
1: and from private practice and also from your instagram account what are the areas of mental health people are struggling with over the course of the last say 12 months or so because presumably it has been incredibly challenging for people between lockdowns between covid in terms of anxiety and stress and everything related to that you know yeah. what are you seeing that, that that's you know common
0: well there's uh, there's a lot that's coming in right now and i think it's well, a lot of our attachment styles have been have been activated, so that's something that I, I speak about in the book. But it's something that's coming into therapy quite a bit right now. So how we're relating to each other, um, the distance that we have between those uh, that we love, but also the the environment that we've now been placed in. You know, we're spending a lot more time. Some of us with with our partners. We're spending a lot more time with our with our roommates. Um, so there's Uh, a lot of of relational issues um, emerging over the last 12 months as well as like you said uh, having to to sit with uncertainty having to sit with the anxiety of not knowing uh, what the fate of of the world is going to be and yet we're bombarded with messages every day
1: and that attachment piece that's one of the practical takeaways that you use with people in terms of exploring attachment and creating meaningful relationships and being a good friend tell us a little bit more about that
0: yeah, well, it's a good question. I guess uh, attachment is uh, how we relate to, to other people. It's our, our relationship blueprint and it informs the type of, well, the emotional bond and connection we feel and establish with others. So it's it's formed in childhood and um, it's formed through nurture and play and uh, usually the responsiveness of the parent and then is is further influenced uh, by experience that, experiences that we have throughout our lifetime. Um, So, some experiences naturally will have us feeling uh, more secure, and then other experiences will have have us feeling less secure. And understanding attachment is um, it's helpful because it affects how we feel, Uh, it affects how we think and behave in in every relationship we have, and it informs our relationship with intimacy and and conflict and and conflict resolution. So, it you know whether we're aware of it or not, it is. Uh, present in all of our relationships and and coming to attachment is usually an aha moment for for a lot of people
1: and what if people have kind of negative relationships or negative friendships you know what are the stepping stones to improving it because presumably if someone is negative around you that is going to you know decrease your mood it's going to have an impact on you from a mental health perspective
0: it's an interesting uh, thing to consider. You know, what is keeping me in this relationship if this person is having uh, a negative effect uh, on my well-being? So I, I think part of it is is looking at the the role that we're playing uh, in the well in that cycle. You know, uh, am I enabling this person's behaviour to a certain extent, or why is it that I'm I'm maybe putting up with this? You know, what is it that I believe of myself that uh, that well, I, I feel I have to tolerate this. You know, sometimes we stay in relationships, whether they're romantic or, or friendships, um, out of habit, um, out of uncertainty of, of what could be uh, beyond what the scope of this person. Uh, so uh, I would say, well, part of it is reflecting on what is the purpose of this relationship? You know, what is this relationship serving in my life? And from there, what is it that I would like this relationship to be? You know, can I get intentional uh, with with what is happening here? And is this person open to an honest conversation about uh, maybe the impact that they're having um, or what our, our relationship has become? can we can we look at that uh, a bit more consciously rather than continuing along and it uh, chipping away at our well, our self-esteem or our, our self-confidence? Okay.
1: Great. Fantastic advice. Some of the other takeaways that you recommend one, I like the, the, the phrase on this one, which is reparenting, how to heal yourself
0: yeah so well in essence that's what happens in in therapy so reparenting is this parallel process of well learning and and unlearning so we're we're learning how to meet the needs of of our present day and and younger selves and we're unlearning the the limiting beliefs that we may have attached or had attached to us you know at a at a younger age um such as you know i'm not good enough or i'm not smart enough the beliefs and, and the patterns that we develop in childhood, well, they, they stay within until we begin to question them. Uh, so when we reparent, we repattern uh, these early beliefs.
1: OK, so it is important to look back and reflect in many respects upon your the beliefs that you have, looking at those in terms of potentially where they came from and then looking at them and how to change them and improve them.
0: Yeah, well, uh, it depends, again, on the type of therapy that you're you're going into. So uh, with CBT, it would be a lot more focused on uh, the thought and uh, reframing the thought. Uh, but with the therapy that, that I um, work from or the therapeutic uh, modality that I, I work from, um, I would certainly be going into um, the past and, and the root of, of where this belief or where this thought um, might be coming from. And I, I think in terms of reparenting, that might sound like a very intimidating word, but it doesn't have to be. You know, and I think that's what I what I tried to break down in every aspect in the book is, you know, therapy and and working on ourselves. It doesn't have to be this overwhelming thing of full of these words that we don't really know what they are, but we seem to be spouting them out anyway. Uh, in terms of reparenting, you know, the first uh, step or the first practical tool that we could do there in terms of, of healing ourselves is to, well, assess what type of parent we are to ourselves. So whether we're conscious of it or not, you know, we, we already are a parent and we're a parent to ourselves. So it's an interesting thing to consider, you know, what type of parent am I to myself? Do I meet my needs? Do I, Do I celebrate my wins? Or am I a harsh, you know, critical parent? so it may be worthwhile you know taking some time to to unpack uh, where this voice may be coming from because more often than not it's been internalized or learned somewhere along the way so whatever the answer is to that is this the type of parent that that i want to be to myself moving forward
1: amazing okay i'm almost entranced and listening to your advice It's, it's, (laughs) it's practical and it's really simple but it is it's really powerful really powerful stuff. You're listening to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. Being kinder to yourself, that's your next one, and self-talk. Mm-hmm. And I think that's again, really important. And something we've been chatting about in the show over the course of the last couple of weeks and months is around that kindness and you know, not trying to be perfect, just trying to be good enough and realizing that you know, just, be, just to be gentle on yourself in many respects. And that self-talk is really important.
0: Yeah, it, it absolutely is, particularly, particularly now. And I think uh, over the last 12 months, we have been in this space of, well, some of us for, uh, how, what would I say? It's sort of a, like an exaggerated introspection. So there's been a lot of analysis. There's been a lot of sitting with our thoughts and uh, they're harder to, to escape. I was talking to someone the other day and I said, you know, walking through Dublin City Centre at the height of the of, of lockdown and being able to hear your footsteps, you know, there's something really daunting about that. And there's uh well, that's that's part of the 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 benefit of living in Dublin is the well the The chaos of it, you know, there's always something to do. There's it's such a a busy city, and when that is gone, when that's not an option anymore, we're left with what the structures of it, with the shadows of it, and that's what we're left with with ourselves right now. You know, without the distractions of everyday life, we're having to sit with who we are, we're having to sit with our choices, with our relationships, which we can't really distract ourselves from anymore. So it's very easy to get bogged down in that and and part of how we're speaking to ourselves around that is going to uh, really form how well how our mental health is feeling right now and in terms of of kindness you know we all craft and and create a story about who we are and it's usually you know quite elaborate this is you know my name this is where I live this is my family uh, this is my role in all of these different uh, relationships and when we hold you know, that voice, that story um, that we tell ourselves lightly and and with curiosity, essentially when we don't take ourselves too seriously. The story um, or that kind voice uh, can assist us in, well, expressing who we are and what it is that we want from life. But when the story is a critical one, when we're speaking to ourselves in the voice of of a bully or uh, someone who's quite harsh, um, and we start to believe that we're that story. You know, it becomes I am that story. So I am stupid. I'm a failure. I'm ugly, whatever else it might be, which understandably has a, a huge impact then on different areas of our life. So we might have a very loud inner bully right now, or we might be falling into particular uh, thinking traps. Uh, so some of the most common ones actually would be. Uh, Fortune telling, so uh, where we start to make negative predictions, which I think a lot of us are doing right now about about the future. Uh, there's mind reading, where we believe that we just know we just know what the other person is thinking about us without any evidence, and it's usually a negative prediction. Um, as well as uh, black and white thinking, so everything is good and everything is bad, or everything is perfect or a failure. Uh, so, so part of healing then that self talk is well educating ourselves. So, if we do recognise that we're falling into, uh, you know, the, these thinking traps, or we have a very loud and, and brash inner bully, uh, there are many books out there that will talk in length, or you know, as little detail as you want about how to work with these pieces, um, and as well as that, exploring the purpose of your self talk. So our thoughts serve a purpose. So sometimes this is to protect us from a different emotion that we fear will feel overwhelming. um, Or it could uh, be protecting us from from putting ourselves into a vulnerable position. So what we believe of ourselves, we'll find evidence for. And that's what our thoughts are doing uh, constantly. So explore why we might be talking to ourselves in, in a harsh way if we are right now.
1: And that leads us nicely to the next one, which is understanding your reactions and recognising triggers.
0: Mm-hmm. So triggers then are they're emotional buttons uh, that connect the, the present moment uh, to a memory or a situation in the past that was painful. Uh, it might have been wounding or, or traumatic. So we can be consciously or unconsciously triggered and, and this will be felt emotionally. It can be felt physically or both. So while it is possible to do some of this work by yourself when working with triggers, but I, I will always recommend that you reach out to a psychotherapist for this work. Um, it depends on the individual. Triggers can make us feel severely anxious, uh, overwhelmed, uh, depressed, uh, or cause us to dissociate. So particularly with uh, the latter, if that is what's happening for us, um, I always recommend reaching out to uh, a qualified therapist. Uh, But beyond that, you know, while a trigger is specific to an individual, it it doesn't need to be closely related to the experience of the original event. So when we become triggered, uh, the thinking brain can rationalize the situation while the survival brain uh, associates the trigger with the original event. And this could be anything. It could be any number of things, you know, an anniversary date, uh, a loud noise, financial stress, conflict, whatever. So sometimes the the triggers will be more of a feeling. Um, So if we feel ignored in a relationship, if we're feeling rejected or abandoned, we're uh, we're feeling taken for granted uh, and so on.
1: Okay. And next up, self-regulation, how to soothe yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. So there's this isn't something that will come naturally um, to, to many people. You know, for a lot of us, we, we have to practice self-regulation. So there are there are many different ways that we can begin to, to deepen our capacity to sit with uncertainty and uncomfortable feelings. So this could be uh breath techniques, uh sensory practices, it could be mindfulness or or doing something creative. So On that, it is worth mentioning that what works for one person won't work for another. And uh, again, for another, uh, it may have a harmful effect on their well-being, particularly if they've been subjected to uh, something traumatic. Um, So say... uh, well, we say that getting into the body is good and uh, being more conscious of how we're feeling is good, but this won't be for everyone, at least not not right away. Um, so there might be some work that we have to do towards feeling safe in our body. So uh, in, in regards to that, uh, more creative practices or something that uh, has us focusing on, um, well, experiences outside of the body would be more beneficial uh, in those moments. But beyond that, yeah. Um, you know, uh, engaging in, in meditation practices or, or breath techniques or, or something mindful like, um, you know, our cooking dinner and, and that is our, our central focus or, or playing the guitar, um, you know, taking moment, uh, moments for that to be our sole focus.
1: And is it important to say on that one in terms of, you know, that, that those moments should be away from technology? So scrolling through Instagram or scrolling through Twitter or Facebook or whatever, while might be it might be mindful
0: Mm-hmm. it's
1: not necessarily the same as cooking at dinner or playing the guitar or whatever you know playing chess or doing some art or whatever it may yeah. be or or are there, or maybe i'm wrong i don't know i'm just gonna pick on your brains
0: well i i guess i can only come from my my own opinion on that and i, I think you're right you know um they are we're, we're very good at being you know sucked into the vortex of of social media so we might go on with good intentions you know i'm going to go on to Uh, this app, or I'm just going to go on to Instagram and read that quote, because that that makes me feel really grounded. Uh, We're very good at, um, you know, becoming distracted on there. Rather, you know, the apps are very good at distracting us. So uh, the more that we can step away from technology, um, the better. I I don't think it's so much about um, avoiding it altogether. I think it's about being intentional. You know, what is my purpose um, here? Okay,
1: great. Next one up and final one up is setting boundaries. Mm. Practice genuine and useful self care. This is a nice one. I, I, I presume this comes in around kind of saying no a little bit more and mm. having boundaries for things that you know are, are supposed good for you or bad for you or something like that.
0: Yeah. So I think one of the main issues actually that comes up with with setting boundaries um, with family, friends, or, or partners, or whatever the relationship is, dealing with with boundary guilt. So feeling that, well, I can't say that because they'll be upset or, or they'll be off with me. So it's important to remind ourselves that, well, firstly, boundaries are about improving the health of our relationships. So, uh, you know, it's well, it's selfless in that regard. You know, think about it. If if we keep saying yes to, to something that we want, uh, Sorry, if we we keep saying yes to uh, another person and then suddenly we want them uh, to, you know, show up to something or we'd like them to do us a favour and they say no, we're going to be sitting with a lot of of resentment and frustration. Uh, So it is about improving the health of, of the relationship. As well as that, the fallout from a no is is rarely as bad as you think it will be. Um, so, you know, we're going to be carrying the weight and the worry and, and the guilt. And uh, and the other person, you know, particularly if they're close to us, they're not going to bat an eyelid. You know, so say no, feel uncomfortable saying no. You know, I think that's that's part of it. Um that comes into therapy quite a lot. You know, I know what I need to do. This is the result that I want. I'm not comfortable doing that thing that I know I need to do. So you tell me another way of going about it so that I can get the same result. And uh, ultimately, it's about addressing that. You know, it's it's not a bad thing if you're going to feel uncomfortable with saying no to this person. So say no, feel uncomfortable about it and just let it go. You know, because your friends will most likely forget about it. An occasional no, is very different to to only knows
1: and does it get, and does that get easier with practice presumably it does
0: absolutely you know and it's about well remembering that communicating your boundary uh, to someone well you're choosing temporary discomfort over this growing resentment and while well, you're choosing authentic connection over over people pleasing you know so what is the, the point of, of this relationship if I'm not really showing up as as myself, if I'm only showing up to to facilitate whatever it is that this person expects or I, I perceive the expect of me. Um, so at the start, boundaries can be incredibly difficult because in a way we're choosing to step out of the role that we've we've taken up or that has been placed on us or, or both. So we're changing, uh, you know, however, however minutely, uh the shape of the relationship you know the the perimeter the parameters of of the relationship so naturally that that is going to feel quite difficult in the beginning Uh, but over time it becomes easier you know to to advocate for ourselves
1: i'm going to bring the interview full circle now i'm going to bring it back to instagram because i always ask people who have big instagram followings this very same question because i'm intrigued by everyone's answer do you feel pressure by the fact that you've got such a big following And if so, how do you deal with Mm, it?
0: I do. I'm I'm trying to think, you know, is there a way of of, (laughs) of phrasing that or or going beyond that? Yes, I do. (laughs) I feel feel a big pressure from it. Uh, Originally, when I started the page about two years ago, and uh, part of it was exposure therapy, really putting my voice and opinion out there. Um, because I, I would have battled with feeling like my voice had had merit or had value. So part of, of me creating the page was, well, to face that, to challenge that. And I didn't expect it to grow as much as it has. And I do, I, I feel a pressure now. It's harder to post. It's, there is a part of uh, my mind, at the moment anyway, that is on the outlook. You know, what have I missed here? what is so glaringly obvious to everyone else that's going to view this and uh, I have missed it and then I'm going to get this onslaught of of reaction and then you know then I go up in flames so there is a a certain level of, of pressure that comes with seeing those numbers as high as they are but how I'm dealing with it at the moment is to go back to the core reason that I began the page you know am I just posting today because I feel I have to I feel I should because the numbers are going down or you know uh, because I feel like I have something to say is this something that I feel I would have benefited from at a different time in my life Um, so reminding myself of well the reason that I showed up in the first place and trying to disconnect myself from the analytics, which is very difficult when you have a book coming out, and you know you have people that are they're asking for numbers and and whatnot. But yeah, trying to keep um a distance from from the numbers as well has been useful for me. So that's that's where I'm at with it at the moment. So I'm hoping I'll get better at it.
1: Sarah, it's been fascinating getting to chat to you. We've got some brilliant nuggets of information and takeaways for our listeners. That is for sure. Remind us of the name of the book and obviously your Instagram account as well for people who want to follow you.
0: Yeah. So the book is called Five Minute Therapy. I have a copy. I didn't plant this here, but it it is there. I'm sort of surrounded by them right now. Um, Yeah, the book is called Five Minute Therapy and the Instagram page is at The Mind Geek
1: amazing Sarah Crosby thank you so much for joining us today the very best of luck with the book no doubt it'll be absolutely huge brilliant tips and brilliant content we really appreciate it folks I really hope you enjoyed today's episode take some of those nuggets away and put them into practice as ever you know where we are Health at Carl PT on twitter and on instagram we're back next week with more real health slán so go fóin
0: Leia Healthcare looking after you always Proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry.